disciple was Thomas. However, to think that he was weak because of his doubts would not be giving him any credit as a disciple. So we're going to go through a series here. I have five points I'm going to give to you. And for us to see that doubt can be a wonderful thing. It can be. It can also be not such a wonderful thing. But we're going to deal with the wonderful things. Many people just get so overwhelmed with doubt. And when they have so much doubt, then they feel guilty because of their doubt. But doubt, again, hopefully you're going to see is, is a, God can use it for his glory. For, so my first thought is doubt happens in solitude. We're going to be looking at John chapter 20, verse 24 first. Now Thomas called Didymus, one of the twelve, was with the disciples when Jesus came. You think this is an Easter message because this seems to be, always comes about when we, uh, when we celebrate Easter. We really don't know why Thomas was not with them. The Bible doesn't really tell us where Thomas, the first time that Jesus appeared after his resurrection. All we know is that Thomas' solitude helped him work through his doubts. He had to have time alone. For some people, they say, no, 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 I need to be, I need to converse with people, I need to talk with people about what's going on in my heart and my mind. But not Thomas. He operated differently. He wanted to be alone and really probably work through all of his doubts. Do you doubt? You know? I'm one, I'm like a Thomas, really, in many ways, is when I have things in my mind or trying to work through things, have questions, what do I do? I tell Jan, I said, I got to think about this. I got to be alone. I got to think about this. Then I pray over it and pray over it. And that's how, that's my process of working through my doubts and my questions in my life. That's how I function. I can't just have a small group and meet with them and say, okay, now sometimes I can, but when the biggies come in my life, I have to be alone with my God. That's just the way he wired me. That doesn't mean that that should be your way, but that's just how God has wired me. How are we doing so far? All right. We're going we're gonna to pick this up a little bit here. Number two, doubt seeks proof. John twenty twenty five. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into its side, his side, I will not believe it. Can you imagine that? Thomas being with Jesus all this time. But you know what happened after Jesus was crucified? They all had doubts. They all scattered but he said, no, 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 I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready to believe what you people have seen. But remember, sincere doubt never denies or turns away from proof. In fact, its goal is to find truth. That's the goal. I came to the Lord Jesus Christ with a very simplistic faith. You know, Jesus loves me. I had a conversion and I was in Christ. I didn't have a clue 
about how that was supposed to all work out. So therefore, I had questions. Then I got to college, and when God called me into the ministry, and my college experience, it really challenged my simplistic faith. And seminary really did. And so I had questions, and then I had more questions, and the more I sought answers. I sought answers to those, to those questions. And really, at the end of the day, after all of those years, my faith was stronger because what my questions I had, I needed the answers. And the more I studied, the more I realized God does give us brains, you know, and to use them. So it's through knowledge, really, that, that I really grew in my faith and my faith broadened. I thought I had a strong faith before, but that really, what it did, it kind of gave me confirmation about my faith. Most likely, those ten guys that were gathered in that room the first time with Jesus were jumping up and down with enthusiasm that Jesus Christ is alive. But Thomas responded with the skeptic motto. I believe it when I see it. Thomas was just looking for proof. That's all. He was looking for validation. He was looking for proof. But remember, for Jesus, it doesn't matter how we get there as long as we get there. That's the point. When my wife came to the know of the Lord Jesus Christ, it was a very simplistic conversion. So for Jan, if the Bible says it, I believe it, that settles it. That wasn't me. I believed it, but I said, no, 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 no. I have to think about some things here. Well, what about this? What about that? That's what sometimes got me in trouble because I have a more of a philosophy mentality. That's how God's wired me. I like to think about worldviews. I think, oh, what about this? How does Christ fit into this scenario? How does Christ fit into that? What does that mean in the, in the larger scheme of things? So I made it very complex. Jan made it very simple for her. And for some of you, that's the way it is. You, it's very simple. Your faith is very simple. And it's just, there's nothing wrong with that. For others, we might want to think about it a little bit and, and wrestle with through some of the issues. But that's what it's all about. But we need proof. We still need. You know, it's interesting. We come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And far too many people, then they put their brains to rest. You know, God has given us a brain to think and, and grow in our faith as well. So don't discard education. You know, I, I did that for a while. I realized, no, after all these years, it's a good thing. You know, Judson College was really, really helped me, really launched me into really critical thinking about my faith that helped me in my path to be who I am today. Do I make mistakes? The more I, like I say, the more I know, the more I realize I don't know about the faith. But I do know this, that Jesus is faithful, he's loving, he's kind, he's all those things in the Bible, and, and, and Thomas really, really discovered that. 
Number three, Dalkin draws, draws closer to Christ, John 20, 26. A week later, a week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Can you imagine that? He just said, Peace be with you. Thomas walked into a room filled with celebration and joy. But understand something here. Thomas had doubts, but he was not a radical disbeliever. He believed. He was just trying to work through his doubts. And that's so important for us to see. So his doubt caused him to stay and check out the facts. He wanted the facts. Friends, Jesus comes to us, and his greeting is the same as it was with the disciples. He says, peace be with you. Peace be with you. Jesus offered them peace. Thomas and, his, and the others, he offered them peace. My peace be with you. He offers us peace every day as a gift through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the power of Jesus' presence. He offers us a gift. It's yours. Unwrap it. It's yours. The peace of his presence. If you don't have peace in your life, you're missing Christ. I don't mean that in a negative way, but Jesus will always give you peace. Isn't that true? I'm trying to find Maria, too. There she is, Maria. Okay. You know, in Maria's ministry, I can only go by, by my training with Theophostic. The idea is bringing a real, a Jesus in reality in our lives. That when Jesus heals us, he gives us peace. He gives us peace. So if I'm working with someone and I say, how are you doing? They say, how's your, on a scale of 1 to 10, how is your peace? They give me a 2. I'm saying, Jesus got some more work to do here. There's more work to do in your life in this situation. God will always bring us peace. Peace be with you. When Jesus said that, I'm looking over here. When Jesus said that, the whole community was in turmoil. He had been crucified. The disciples were going crazy with confusion and doubt. So were his followers. And Jesus says, my peace be with you. He could say that because they saw him face to face. They recognized his presence among them. My peace be with you. When you are doubting, when you are in turmoil, Jesus is saying, my peace is with you. Embrace it. It'll never leave you. Just embrace it with your heart. Amen? Amen? All right. I was hoping for more of amen, but... We'll, we'll take that. Number four, doubt can strengthen faith. John 20, 27. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Notice Jesus did not come to Thomas with criticism for his lack of faith. 
Instead, he offered his wounds as a sign of his what? Of his presence. Jesus was not an optical illusion. He was not a vision. He was a real person. I believe it wasn't really necessary for Thomas to actually touch Jesus because he had already moved beyond sight to faith. He had already moved there. Jesus said, see me, touch me. Can you imagine that? At that moment, he looked up. He probably had fallen to his knees with adoration and submission and said, my Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. John 28. (coughs) The next time that you feel and you doubt and you question Jesus' presence in your life, the next time you might be thinking, God, are you really real in my life? Is what this pastor saying really true? Uh, can you really make a difference in my life? My life's a mess. I'm going through all sorts of problems and concerns. I just don't know. The next time you feel that way, just bring your doubts to Jesus. Ask him, and he will answer you. He really will. I'm not the answer man. Jesus is the answer man. Jesus will take all your doubts. He will answer them if you just give him a chance. No matter what it is, just give him a chance, and he will respond and minister to you. Amen? You know, I... You know, Thomas's doubts were done through work. And sometimes we have to work in order to erase some of those doubts. Because God is put into the process. It, but it's interesting to note that when Thomas said, my Lord and my God, that not only changed his life, but he came, became such a powerful disciple. Unbelievable what that man went through for his Lord. So his faith was rock solid in his Jesus. And in closing, and I'm going to have in the sound people back there, Jali, could you guys play something really kind of soft for me? And I'm going to spend some time here because I really feel God has called me to do this on your behalf. Number five, doubt can put faith in perspective. Doubt can put faith in perspective. John 20, 28. Jesus said to him, My Lord and God. For me, these verses are so powerful and transforming and moving. My Lord and my God. I've been born again. We had three years of illness, but God had had us on fast forward in so many ways. 
It was an unbelievable time. Sometimes I say, God, I'd love to recapture those three years because we were absolutely, we, had, we, we experienced one uh, miracle after another in so many ways. We experienced his presence in profound ways. And we were just like hanging on because we didn't have an absolute, we didn't have a clue of what God was doing. All we knew was he was doing things in a miraculous fashion. So when my daughter died, we um, had received from loving friends and family wonderful reaction. Some of the common things people would say to us would be like, well, God's will is done here. Or, you know, God allows suffering. You know, we're born to die, etc. Now, in all honesty, their intentions were good, but sometimes he just wanted to walk away. I felt sometimes that they were just platitudes and just words that were saying, when they said, God's will be done, that's when the eye rolls come. You know, I really don't need to hear that. That's not what I want. That's not what I need. And sometimes in my own being, I'd cry that out. Or as when somebody would say to me, don't grieve. I wanted to say, how dare you? How dare you? Never say to anyone when they've gone through a loss, don't grieve. That is wrong in every stretch of the imagination. That is wrong, wrong, wrong. We all grieve and we all should grieve because that's how God created us. Because grieving brings healing if we allow it. So here I am, and with, with, with friends, it was wonderful. Not always bad. Some of the planning, you know, some of the saying were kind of, you know, but we had so much support. That was a good thing. But as we all know, that experience the loss of a loved one, we have those moments, those quiet moments. You don't have the, the strength and encouragement of a loved one or a friend. Suddenly, God has you and it's one-on-one. You're with God. And I believe that that is so important because that's the way God wants it. He doesn't want us just to, just to grow or, or on the coattails of someone else. We have to find our time with God to work through things with him and God alone. Things that only he can do alone in us. So I'd lay there at night. And I would dread it. Getting into bed. Because I knew it was coming. It was the flood of thoughts. Flood of memories. Flood of seeing her face. Floods of everything. I said, God, I can't deal with this. I can't handle it. Jesus, I need something from you. I need your presence. I need your love. I need some encouragement. I am just not doing well. And every time, my brothers and sisters, I prayed that prayer, he gave me peace. He gave me peace that only he can give. That's when I had my Thomas moment. My Lord and my God, my Lord, and my God. 
I'll take Jesus' comfort any day. That's what he did for me. Now I'm going to close us with a doxology. A doxology in this sense, it comes from uh, 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 Paul's words from Romans 11, uh, 33 through 36. This doxology is a praise to God. And most doxologies are. That you do. At the end of, of a service or whatever, if the, we sing the doxology or whatever, we're singing praises to our God. But this, this, uh, these verses, to me, really pull it all together. Sum up with really what I'm trying to say. Are you with me? Okay. Verse 33. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay him? For from him and through him and to him all things are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen and amen. Paul reminds us that God offers something greater than ourselves. Something greater than our doubts. Greater than all of our abilities. Greater than what this world can offer. And he offers himself. He offers his wisdom and his knowledge. All that we are. We can call upon the greatest wisdom and knowledge in the world. But we need to do that. To call upon him. Yes, we are living in troubled times. The world's an absolute mess. We don't know what to do with the pandemic. Wear the mask, not to wear the mask. You know, I mean, this thing goes on and on and on. I get so frustrated, quite, quite, frank, quite frankly. Blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying. Anyway, I was watching the Olympics. This is just a side note. Shouldn't do this, but I am. Oh, I've got plenty of time. So I'm watching the Olympics. I love the Olympics. I love the competition. Normally, I do not watch swimming. I don't watch beach volleyball. I don't watch those things. But during the Olympic times, I'm right there. I'm watching every bump, every this. I think it's great. Because I love just what they've gone through to be where they're at. Just to win a gold medal or whatever. It's amazing. We stop and think about it. Get track and field. You know, you run 10 seconds in the 100 meters just 10 seconds, you, you, and you've trained for years just to run those 10 seconds. But anyway, now I really lost my place. That's okay. I'll recover it. George, you know, hang in there. Pray for me, kid, because I've, I totally lost it. No. But whatever you're going through, whatever it is, just remember this that we have the wisest counselor in the universe to see us through no matter what you are going through Jesus Christ will help you through it that's not my promise that's his promise 
Listen, my problems, my hurts aren't any greater than yours, yours, mine. God sends it down different paths. But I'm going to tell you something. And those of you that know, you know, I tell with, with, with Susan here, we are in a club. You know, we've lost a child. And I'm going to tell you, don't want to experience that. That is about as horrible as it gets. But we overcome through Christ. Through it all, he gives us peace. My brother's lost his mother less than a year. That hurts. I don't care if your mom is 75 or 85. It does not matter. But your mom and your dad, a, a husband, wife, a cousin, whatever, it hurts. It hurts. But that's when we can call upon Christ. That's what he wants from us. To find that strength in his presence. Then we can do anything and all things. Now, I want you to look at verse 36 here again. Verse 36. And to me, this really, uh, Paul sums up all that I'm trying to say, trying to say today. And like I say, many times we can, there's so many nuggets in the word of God that sometimes we overlook them or we're not ready for them. But as I was looking at this, these nuggets popped out at me that I want to share with you. Okay, we're going to do little phrases here. Paul said, for from him, first part, for from him. It's a reminder that God is the source of all things. He's the source of everything, all things. Then he said, and through him. I love that. A reminder that God is the sustainer of all things. Everything is sustained through him. God is in control. When things, seem, when things seem to be out of control, God is in control. Amen? He's there. And then he said, and to him. A reminder that God is what? He's the central focus of the universe. He's the central focus of our lives. And in love, he kind of puts in the end there all things. Catch that? <coughs> all things. You what that means to me? It's a reminder that God is to be glorified in all aspects of his creation. That's it. Someday, someday, my brothers and sisters, our why questions will be answered. Someday, our tears will be gone. Someday, our doubts, our fears, our frustrations will be gone. But, in the meantime, like Thomas, 
we can also reach out to Jesus. We can reach out to him and proclaim in faith, my Lord and my God. It works every time. If it can work for me, it can work for you in your life, what you're going through. It does not matter what you are going through. Let Jesus be your Lord and your God. All in one. All in one. When you do, he changes life. He changes perspective. He gives us strength we never could possibly imagine before. My Lord and my God. And turn those doubts and the pain and all that stuff into victory. Knowing, knowing that Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Jesus Christ, our Messiah, Jesus Christ, with his scars, with holes in his side, is all we'll ever need in life. That's it. You have doubt? Give it to him. He is faithful. You know why he's faithful? You know why? Because when I look and I imagine his, his scars, I'm saying this was not a joke to him. This wasn't some time for God just to pass the time away in the universe. There's a reason. He died for us so that we can one day live with him. But also, he said, come to me now, all you who are labor and are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Wherever you are right now, let him give you rest. Right now, where you are, as we pray, let's, let's pray, bow our heads and pray. And I want you just for a moment, just pray this. Just pray very softly in your heart. My Lord and my God. Wherever you're at right now, just pray, my Lord and my God. And let his spirit touch your spirit. Let his love touch your heart. Let your Jesus minister to you now. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Lord, you're awesome. And Jesus, your love never fails. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You never get tired. And thank you, Lord, that you never get tired of us, sinful people. Yet you died for us on that cross. 
But Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters here today that this will be their moment with you. This will be their quiet time in their hurts, in their confusion, in their fears, whatever it is that they're dealing with, Lord, that they will feel your peace, feel your love, feel your strength, knowing that all is not lost, for you're alive, and you heal, and you comfort, no matter what it is. And for that, we are eternally grateful. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you need extra prayer, whatever, we have our prayer team be over the table there, and they'll pray with you, things on your mind. Yes, you may, you may.